Remember, remember the 5th of November. Wow. When you were listening there, did you think like some really sophisticated voiceover guy was doing that? Mm-hmm. I thought it was so. Guy Fox. I thought it was the guy you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while I like to dip into my uh, theatrics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My vocal coaching. Yeah, sure. <laughs> It's November 5th. If you ever seen V for Vendetta, big fucking day. Okay? Yeah, big day. But for us, it's a big day because Thursday night football is happening. Here yes. we go. Yes. Uh, Mike Tarico's on the show today. Tom Pelissaro, Darius Butler, all the boys. Hashtag, um, I don't know why I listen. Keep it going. Probably going to end up giving away $10,000, $15,000 to mm-hmm. podcast listeners only. So incredibly thankful for you guys choosing and allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on a daily basis. If you enjoy the show, please be a friend and tell a friend. If you don't like the show, just act like it never, ever happened. Pretty interesting conversations coming today, to be completely transparent with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Pretty good stuff. I agree. And we got a new business partner. Ooh. We got a, I'm this one. Hey, this one scratched me and all the boys right where we itched. Still scratching. This one was picking up where we were laying down. Mm-hmm. This one is awesome. I don't know when Ty's going to edit in our entire rant, but it was a big, big day for us. Big day for our office. And also, we're giving away something that we've never given away before. The most personalized thing we've ever given away in this office. You can win it. I don't want to spoil it, but... Truly one of one. Just know that. Thanks to our friends at Arby's. Mm-hmm. We got a fucking Arby's deal, dude. Oh! Hey, you'll hear us talk about it later, but I just... I, I, like, I kind of... It's exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the show. The Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers play in a must-see game on Thursday night football. The Packers are currently favored by, as of just like seconds ago, Mm -hmm. six and a half. It was at seven. The line is moving towards the San Francisco 49ers as more and more and more 49ers are being ruled out due to that some bitch COVID-19. What will happen tonight? I think Aaron Rodgers will come out and dominate. Aaron Rodgers coming off of a loss uh, in some like recent bias or whatever, 8-0 against the spread, 8-0 straight up. What we need to know about that is Aaron Rodgers going back to his hometown, Mm -hmm. okay? The team that was supposed to draft him, they draft Alex Smith and said, Alex Smith, not a bad guy, draft Alex Smith instead, which led to that entire draft night where Aaron Rodgers sat in the back, zoomed in on his face, and the whole narrative about Aaron Rodgers almost created that evening that has kind of continued throughout his entire career. Aaron Rodgers going back to San Fran, after a loss at home against the Vikings, after things were said yet again about the Packers team, I would assume Aaron Rodgers throws for 700 yards. Today. I like yep. that. I like that. Devontae Adams still playing the football. Mm-hmm. They don't have any running backs because A.J. Dillon played last game against the Vikings with COVID-19, and everybody that was around him has been ruled out because of high-risk contact tracing COVID-19, some bitch thing. But what does that mean to Aaron Rodgers? Nothing. All that you need to know is that Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and slice and dice. Does that mean they're going to win? 
Not 100% sure because Kyle Shanahan has been a nemesis to teams that don't know how to stop the run. Kyle Shanahan, like his father, has the ability to draw up designs and schemes in the run game to take advantage of your defense if you can't figure it out. So is tonight going to be a high-scoring game? Our Canadian friend Gumpy seems to believe that. Or will tonight be a low-scoring game because San Fran, because they're out so many players, will just have nine men on the line of scrimmage and just ground and pound this thing and try to eat away at the clock and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Whichever the case is, tonight is going to be an awesome game to watch, and we're excited for our guy, Aaron, to get another spike game under the belt and probably come home with a big dub and a big night. Last night, the Mac kicked off their football season. It began with a surprise onside kick, middle dribbler to the kicker, and I absolutely loved it. Ball State's quarterback had a nice pooch punt, then did the golf swing thing, which I want to let you know. I appreciate the shout out, bud. Chirp, chirp. Wish you guys would have got that dub last night. You did not. You have a big season ahead of you. Let's go, Ball State. Cardinals. Yeah. Woo. Uh, it was good football. It was terrible football. It was Mac football. And that is what <laughs> the Mac is. That is what Maction is all about. And it's great to have another night of football because as these games continue to get moved, for instance, there was a college football game that was postponed from this season because of COVID-19. Digs until what year? 2029. 2029. A team named Wyoming will play Louisiana something. Yep. And they'll play instead of this year because of COVID-19 postponement. They'll play in the year 2029. Will we have COVID figured out by then? Uh-huh. TBD. <laughs> TBD. Um, but I like that we're having football Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, yeah, yeah. Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday nights. Uh, seven nights of football is a beautiful thing. Even if it's terrible football at times, there's always going to be moments of greatness. The NFL seems to have this COVID thing figured out. Now, I'm not saying that they are immune to COVID. I'm not saying that they figured out the vaccine to COVID. I'm not saying that the NFL has done any of that. But the NFL at the beginning of the season, if there was one positive case in a building, the entire city was evacuated, mm-hmm. okay? They brought in people wearing, um, what's that uh, show that you guys all love where the guy cooked meth in the- Hazmat Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, a Breaking Bad, one of those, uh, a hazmat suit, yes, but a Breaking Bad looking Walter White suit uh, to go into the building, spray it down with one of those things you can buy on uh, the home shopping network now that is just a, it's an AK-47 of sanitizer, and they used to have hazmat suits come through every NFL building. If one person had COVID, they just light up every single thing. There is at times, I guess this season in certain facilities, anytime you walk through a doorway, it was a car wash of sanitize that would come down to make sure you were sanitized from one room to the next. Players were told at the beginning of the season, not sure if it's this way, that they had to have a pair of clothes to wear to the building and a pair of clothes to wear in the building and they can never cross because it could live on your clothes for three to four years you never know Mm -hmm. now we're at the point where the nfl and i would assume this is because of trial and error and living through this on a very um regular basis there for a little bit with the amount of COVID tests. Now, there's a positive test in the Indianapolis Colts building. A coach got it. Everybody else is going to work. The coach is staying the hell out of there. Anybody he was around, there, the hell out of there. No positive tests have come out from other side of that. We'll see how that for days to come. A.J. Dillon played an entire fucking game on Sunday. Oh. Only two players are out, and it was just the immediate people around him in the running back room. The Vikings still had all negative tests. The Packers had all negative tests aside from that. The San Francisco 49ers are out like five 
five players due to contact trace and everything like that. Everybody else still playing the game tonight. So we're at the point now where I think the NFL has figured out how to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge their way through the season and through Corona. And to be honest, as a society, we should look at that and be pretty pumped up about it that maybe we're starting to figure out how to get around this thing that shut down our entire life. Also, last night, I... uh, I took over the wrestling business yet again. Uh, I, I was on NXT on USA Network. I think I got on around 8.50-ish. Uh, I stole a, a below-average cameraman, Stooge's camera. <laughs> One in there, had the time of my life. We retired Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. We were going to do it respectfully, but then as we were reliving their entire run in NXT, it was like, no, we shouldn't respect these people. These are a disgrace to wrestling. This is a despicable group. We lit their banner on fire and walked the hell out of yeah. there. Now, I did get attacked from a big hairy bastard from Northern Ireland because he just so happened to be on the receiving end of our ass beating earlier in the night. I was okay. One of my guys, Pete Dunn, kicked a door onto his head. Mm. Damn near killed him. Did not know that was going to happen. But I want to let you know that myself, Pete Dunn, Ernie Lorkin, Danny Burch, which by the way, those last two, the greatest tag team in the world right now. We're going to continue to run NXT and have a great time with it every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Go ahead. P-A-T is NXT hashtag hashtag WWE NXT we're giving away like 30 shirts for people that watch alongside because we are entrenched in a battle against the wrestling community and I need you to come to battle alongside me every Wednesday night and any other time that things pop off with the wrestling world know that I am enjoying the hell out of it Uh, it's a lifelong dream and I couldn't imagine doing anything better in any industry than what I'm doing in NXT right now with those three handsome men. Two Brits, by the way, two Americans coming together to beat the shit out of people. I mean, this is what it's all about here in 2020. I'm having the time of my life. Let's talk about what's going on in the sports world with the boys. At Tone Diggs, we alluded to that 2029 postponement there. Uh, Do you think that's maybe a bit aggressive? (laughs) Do you think maybe we could have moved some other things around? Do you think Wyoming's schedule for football is booked and packed to the gills from 2020 to 2029 there was no room at all or is this just like hey we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. We got to maybe push this thing a decade. Well, I think it's it's good to just give yourself something to look forward to, and that gives yourself something to look forward to and gives you time to make plans. Um, other big news as far as COVID. So the San Francisco 49ers, their top two wide receivers and starting left tackle, all pro, pro bowler Trent Williams is out because of contract tracing because Kendrick Bourne tested positive. Came out this morning, Kendrick Bourne's test from yesterday was a false positive, but uh, those players are shit. still have to be out. Because that's just how the rules are. Those are the rules. What? Well, listen, if you're a Santa Clara 49ers fan, and I got a couple of people tweeting me yesterday that uh, it, because we talked about how we don't talk about the Niners a lot, mm-hmm. right? We talked about how we literally don't talk about them a lot, and we acknowledge that we don't talk about them enough. Last year, we didn't talk about them enough. They went on that entire run. Uh, this year, uh, they're not being talked about at all because of the way the season is going. But yesterday, we talked about them a little bit because they're playing Thursday night football against our guys, so it was a full conversation. And lo and behold, the 49ers fans, who are probably a passionate group, okay? I'm not going to take a shot at all of them. I got a lot of tweets saying, like, they haven't played in San Francisco in years. Why don't you learn what you're fucking talking about? It's like, okay, all right, all right, we get it. Okay, you're playing in Santa Clara. It's an hour and a half away from San Francisco, but the goddamn team has an SF in the goddamn logo, okay? It's a San Francisco 49ers. Get off my ass. It sucks for the contact tracing guys that they can't play, but the person who had the false positive, he can play. 
Uh, so it says, the tweet says, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne's test from yesterday was a false positive. According to a source close to him, he and three others who live with him have all tested negative. Still, he, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel was hurt, so it doesn't matter. Trent Williams must remain on COVID-19 list today. Uh, at Ty Schmidt, Green Bay Packers fan, you have to be feeling awfully okay about this type of ruling, even though it could come back and bite your team in the ass week 15, week 16, week 17. Mm-hmm. You're not even thinking about that. What's going on right now? How do we get this dub? Fuck them. They false positive. That's not our fault. Kick, kick them off the tour, Doug. Is how you Absolutely. Do. I mean, those are the rules. We've all, <laughs> we've all agreed to them, right. and I know that could come back to bite the Packers in the ass down the road but i mean it's not biting him in the ass tonight isn't know? that insane though yeah it's insane well, it's bullshit this is sense. like this is like the this is like the big 10 mm-hmm. the big 10 votes against the season before anybody else they actually came out it came out and said that they thought they were going to be heralded as heroes for doing so caring mm-hmm. about anything else everybody else says now nah, we're playing football okay you guys can go do your thing so then they get pitched by everybody hey we need to play football we need to play football general bob carpenter's on the front lines picketing at the big 10 offices in the middle of a pandemic doing the whole thing giving out phone numbers to call people call congressmen call everything you do what you can do they come back but they do it like out of spite you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, we'll give you eight weeks, eight games. That's already in, turning into a complete clusterfuck mm-hmm. because Wisconsin, which is a team who probably was going to be in a conversation, they're missing two games. If they miss another game, they're not even in contention for the Big Ten Championship. Oh. So is it even really a season? Everybody's going to say no. going to be tough to put a team in a college football playoff, by the way, if you only play six games and you got teams playing 11 and 10. But the Big Ten was like, we're doing it. We gave you a season. you got to do what you got to do. With the false positives thing, the NFL, I know they're looking out for safety and being heroes and all that shit, but if they don't got it, they don't got it. If they get screwed by a lab, why do they get? Why does the whole team get screwed? Yeah. Why does the entire city get screwed? Why does a fan base that lives and dies with their players get screwed? Because some lab that's getting paid a lot of money that has a very difficult job, by the way. Those labs, I don't know how many of them are doing these tests, but there's millions. Hey! Of tests happening on a daily basis, by oh, the yeah. way. You get tested here in Indianapolis, you have to go sit in a parking lot. They come to you and all. Parking lot's packed basically everywhere. The amount of tests that are happening for COVID-19 is at a very, just out of personal experience, and I get tested on a very regular basis, a lot more people are getting tested now than they ever have throughout this entire mm-hmm. thing. So these labs have to handle all this shit. You can't obviously get it wrong. The fact that there is a false positive, I guess we all have to just come to expect, even though you're told to trust science outright, how could you have a false positive if you trust science outright? Who knows? That's conversation for a different day. But I don't know how there isn't more fuck-ups happening with the amount of people that are getting tested, the amount of times the NFL is testing, the amount of people that have to, what, just take a dropper and put it into something, then shake it and then hope that you remember it's a there's a lot of room for air there uh in the fact that the nfl is like well rules is rules it, it doesn't matter if it's your fault the lab's fault uh the test's fault science's fault you can't play because they fucked it up that's kind of sucks for the san francisco 49ers but if you're a packers fan who gives a damn and the sports book was probably reacting to that news and the sports book probably didn't even know that they weren't allowed to play even if that happens yeah. so when it goes from minus seven to minus six and a half for the packers is favored that's probably because the sports book got a little bit of a heads up that maybe that was a false positive they're like oh here we go niners are back in this thing and then they they hear the little clause in the nfl's rule and the sports book are like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> move that thing back up there real quick that's an interesting situation that i don't think I mean, why would that even be written into the rules? Uh, you would think, like, so they all tested negative. All the people who were contract tracing yesterday tested negative. You would think if they all tested negative again today, like, then maybe they should be able to play tonight. There you go. What's the testing? The other one? Did I say contract? Yeah, yeah. contact. It's tough, though, because yeah. it's... 
I mean, it's, it's like whenever I have to say, uh, I do a bark box read, mm -hmm. and you got to say two treats, two chews. The oh. TR and the CH, CH very, yep. very difficult. And before that, they even say two toys, two treats, and two chews. I mean, they're basically asking you <laughs> to completely, but it's a great deal. I think it's only it 22 bucks, $60 worth of stuff, barkbox.com forward slash Pat. But that is a tough one. Contact tracing got me for like, I think the first maybe three months of whenever it came to exist just like real world awesome. used to get me oh, on a yeah. very regular basis that's one of those tough ones but the contact tracing thing go back to the way they all tested negative the entire time yes it, what it, the fuck it's what? also bad no. bad luck for the niners continues because earlier in the year if this would have happened like the day before the game they would have pushed this thursday night game till sunday or monday and by then you would think the contact tracing for these guys and everyone for the false positive they would have been good by that date but hey Home run contact. Thank you. Uh, at Boston Connor, Patriots had a little COVID scare there earlier in the season, really haven't had much since then. Even a stooge like you has got to agree that this is just makes no sense at all to continue to punish people for a lab making a mistake because you're not just punishing them, by the way. You're punishing the coaches. Yeah. The coaches' families. Uh huh. The organization. Yes. The organization's families. That's right. Their sponsors. Yeah. Their fan base. What? The NFL. What? The entire. Fox, what? NFL Network, what? Joe Buck, what? Troy Aikman, what? and I heard because there was positives, uh, uh, false positives, no flyover tonight. What? Oh. I mean, thank God, though, because Aikman and Buck would be a whole different broadcast. <laughs> but no, I actually don't give a fuck about the Niners. I want the Packers to win. So, <laughs> Me I mean, if all those guys are out, whatever. I yeah. mean, bring in Raji and have him throw, like you said, for 700 goddamn yards. <laughs> it is so. That's a very dumb thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like the NFL... In the past, they made a lot of very dumb decisions, and nobody really knew about it or whatever. And I think as of late, by the way, I think the NFL has been making pretty solid yeah. decisions, like pretty yeah. good. This one seems very dumb. What if Roger Goodell drops down like Sting from the rafters and goes, <laughs> amendment to the rule. Ooh. They can play. Let yeah! And then just goes right back up. Let or them play. Let, let the boys play. Let them play. That could happen if you go ahead and send that nuclear weapon Pete Dunn into Roger Goodell's office, hey. and he'll get the job done for the night. Yeah, the Bruiser Way Pete Dunn last night, he is shredded, ripped yeah. up, by the way. Great tan. I heard it's natural. And he almost killed a guy last night with, a door, with the door of my rental car. Well, yeah, oh. rightfully so, because that big, fat, hairy stooge came out, and he jumped you with no regard for human life. I mean, you needed Pete Dunn there, or else you, you were going to be bleeding need, on the you cement. You need to stop body shaming people. I'm not body shaming yeah, people. I'm just looking you and I'm saying You can say big, but it's that middle word that you yeah. said. Okay, well, tell him to get rid of his shelf. Whoa. See, that's what I'm saying. You're, yes. just, you're just continuing Double to do down. a more. Look, I'm not doubling down. Like, you know, I got a high shoulder as everybody else. He's, I bet you that guy, he would beat you up. You're like, talking about Killian Dane, by Like the way. a pulp. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would, yeah. I would be dead, but that doesn't change anything. Yeah, but I mean, but you can go about saying it in a different yeah. fashion. Okay, yeah. The He's body shaming too, yeah. is stupid, isn't it? It's so dumb. And Zito, I didn't want to ask you that question just strictly because <laughs> you potentially you? were on the receiving end of one of those before from Connor. No, but I heard no, you. You should have heard him earlier today. I heard you chirping a little bit, so he I wanted to get chirping. you involved in the conversation. Have Viva Lazito. Yeah, how we doing? Uh, keep it moving. Not not thrilled about <laughs> what you're doing. I actually got a couple of tweets last, uh, yesterday uh, commending me on um, straightening you up for being a body shamer. That's just want right. to let you know yeah. that. Mm -hmm, that's so right. you need I to relax. you as well. It's but great. it doesn't matter. You're, com you're commending me because being commended by somebody who's a, a sizist, a uh, uh -huh. a body shamer, yeah. it's almost like a – it's not a compliment. It's almost even worse. Yeah, well, you is. know, yeah. if it were to happen to me, and I, I hope I would get body shamed, so I would think, you know, oh, maybe I will get back then. You are just digging in. That's what I would do. You you sorry, I, I am a pro body shamer. What are you going to do? I mean, I'm sorry. You're a scumbag. Sue me. Now, you, I will. you are a scumbag. You, you should stop doing what you're doing there. But People there probably like the body shaming, but they can't count how many chicks. 
chins you have because they all run together. Oh! All right, all right, turns like Wait, it sounds like we're turning into a, no Zito. Please, please, we're, we, this will not be happening. I will agree with some of what you said, though, not all of it. <laughs> Because when I was getting body shamed on the internet whenever I was gaining weight, yeah. it was a kick in the ass for me to lose weight. Exactly. Also, watching me last night on NXT, need to lose gut a little bit. <laughs> need to do it. Need to do it. I've been saying it for years for so, myself. So let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm going back on a keto diet. Okay. Ooh, okay. smart. Uh, and I'm only going to eat Arby's. Smart. Yeah. Oh, Arby's, yes. I've decided I'm only going to eat Arby's. I'm taking the buns off, which, by the way, they have the best buns in the game. Best I'm taking the buns off, oh. and I'm eating only the meat. Had three double roast beef sandwiches this morning. Mm -hmm. No buns. And it is amazing. And, and Arby's, by the way, which none of us knew this. Okay, I don't think no, any of us no, knew this because no. I grew up in an Arby's town. Oh, yeah. Ty grew up in an Arby's town. Mm -hmm. Foxy did. Oh, yeah. Zito oh, did. Yeah. Nick did. Basically, everybody here, uh, except for Connor Boston. I don't know if Boston's nope. in Arby's town. Nah, so that makes sense. It me. made no sense. sense. We talked about Arby's either on this show or on the pod. Mm -hmm. And there was a bunch of people on the internet that were like, uh, like coming after us for liking Arby's. And I was like, well, I did not even know that existed. No. So Arby's folks actually reached out to us and they were like, hey, uh, we love that you love Arby's. And uh, is there any way you could potentially help us with some of the people who bash people who like Arby's mm -hmm. and I was like yeah I didn't even know this existed until we talked about how much we love Arby's literally Arby's is one of the staples of my childhood mm -hmm. in Plumborough Pennsylvania the East Hills of Pittsburgh um I didn't even know it happened mm. so we made a deal with Arby's Ooh. <laughs> we, which maybe is one of the biggest dreams come true that oh, we've yeah. ever had here. Oh, yeah. We are now like official partners with Arby's at this point. Yeah. And we would like to let everybody know that whenever you eat Arby's for the next week, okay, so it's November 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of oh, November. November. By November 12th, you have until this time, if you eat at Arby's, take a picture of you eating at Arby's and use the hashtag Arby's is great because there's a bunch of people out there that say Arby's is terrible. They've never had Arby's. Yeah, wrong. By the way, don't spit on my childhood and a large portion of the America that eats a lot of their meals there. Amen. Hashtag Arby's is great. Uh, you'll automatically be entered into a chance to win the meat sweat that Zito is wearing right now on his body. This meat sweatsuit is not only slimming, thinning, wow. athletic, and gorgeous. Look how good Zito looks. Uh, it will also be autographed by all of us uh -huh. in the office, and it will be the actual one that is currently touching Zito's nipples right now with I'm no under. Wow. Yeah, and he's sweating in the meat sweatsuit. So you utilize the hashtag Arby's is great. Uh, you automatically be entered. You can post on Instagram too. Hashtag mm -hmm. Arby's is great. Instagram or Twitter, you automatically be entered in to win this meat sweat suit that Zito is wearing. It'll be autographed by all of us. Perfect time for holidays. Maybe a good birthday gift for somebody who happens to be a fan of our show. Mm -hmm. uh, meet sweatsuit signed by all of us. Talk about a hilarious present. That would be. And if you've never had Arby's before, go have it and enjoy your life changing for the better. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I did not know people hated Arby's. Maybe I not. honestly did not know that. And, and maybe that is me just being oblivious, but I didn't know that there was some sort of negative vibe towards Arby's until we talked about it one time. Yeah. And then the Arby's people called us and they were like, hey, we heard you. Is there any way you can help us with this? I was like, I didn't even know this was a, a thing. And it uh, turns out it's a real thing. And I'm 100% on board with fucking kicking that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. bullshit narrative to the side. Yeah, right? that's a stigma that needs to die. Because Arby's... They have so many options. Listen, you hear that guy with the great voice. We have the meats. Mm -hmm. Shout out Bing Rams. Literally all of the meats, though. They have. If you're a sandwich person, which 
I think where we come yeah, from, Pittsburgh, sure. big sandwich place. Mm-hmm. The amount of sandwiches, that, everybody thinks it's just roast beef. Yeah, the roast beef is unbelievable, and uh, the ched, the, the beef and ched is unbelievable, Ooh. and the curly fries everybody knows is good, yes. and the apple turnover. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that there that you know are awesome, but the variety that's there is unbelievable. My lady has the turkey sandwich. I mm-hmm. believe there's a market, market fresh, fresh menu. I get the chicken Euros. bacon Swiss every time. Chicken Whoa. bacon Swiss. I think they even. I mean, it that's is. Chick, right? It's um. I cannot. Yeah, buffalo chicken. Yeah, I think, delicious. I think they have an entire thing now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, there's nuggets. They got nut or chicken tenders. There. I mean, the amount of things that they have is outrageous. And I did not know that there was a single thing. So I'm pumped that we are Arby's partners. And I'm pumped for the hashtag Arby's is great contest for the next week here. And you could potentially win the sweatsuit, the meat sweatsuit that Zito is currently wearing on his body, autographed by all of us. Uh, Big shout out to Arby's, man. You know, normally companies like that don't get into business Mm -hmm. with like uh, internet shows and things like that. The fact that Arby's like reached out to us I the email I I looked at the email and I was because Phil CFO Phil sent it over mm-hmm. he was like look at this because Phil's grandma worked at the Arby's in Plum for 50 years really Whoa. yeah like 50 years didn't ask for a raise or anything worked the uh, cash register for like 50 years or something retired she just retired recently wow that is what I'm talking about with Arby's in our area Great like business. it is a staple of our community and his so Phil was as soon as he gets the email he's like fucking jacked through the roof Phil's like yo 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 like the email to from Phil to me was like yo 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 like yo 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 as soon as it came through and I was like I read through it and I was reading through the whole thing and you would think with a company like Arby's is big and as successful and as traditional and as great as Arby's that they'd have like 75 rules for things that we can do and can't do and they were just like ah we, we just want to we just kind of want to do business with you man spread the word <laughs> like, you got, hey Arby's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna go to bat for you guys. Hell yeah. yeah. Cause you've been a part of my life for a long time. So for the next, I don't know, month, two months, I'm only gonna eat Arby's. Keto. Lucky Let's you. Let's see if I can yeah. lose this gut that I have. You know you what I mean? You are. Lucky you is right. I'd love to eat Arby's every day for the next two months. And you know what? You I, can. I just might, actually. Whoa. Yeah, you do it with me. Yeah, I will. Let's go. And the thing about eating Arby's for like a month straight, they have so much shit on their menu yeah. that I'll be able to mm-hmm. cycle through. Yeah. Shout out to Arby's. Shout out to you. Hashtag Arby's is great. Take a picture, tweet it, post it on Instagram. Be proud that you eat Arby's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Legitimate. It says a lot about you, to be honest, if you eat at Arby's. Yeah, great. Right? I mean, it means like you're a... You're a Rust Belt kind of guy. Probably a hardworking person, if yep. I had to guess. You have great taste buds, obviously. Yeah, you're a good, genuine human, you're probably. smart, good yeah, like, guy. Anybody that's, or gal. Anybody that's burying Arby's, I think, is completely misguided. Well, they've yeah. never had it before. That's probably what it is. Yeah. You heard about it. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, I don't like roast beef. Well, you know. Don't worry about it. Take a peek at the menu. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big menu. Look it around. In that sweatsuit right there. <laughs> could oh, be yeah. yours. For those that are just listening on Sirius, it is literally a <laughs> roast beef sweatsuit, uh, top and bottom. Show the Arby symbols, eh? The oh, Ar- yeah, sorry. It is, I mean, it's electric, to be honest with you. Perfect. I feel beefy in this. No, no, you look good, because that's what Arby's does. Yeah. It makes you look and feel good. Uh- now we're talking to a man who's going to give us so much information about tonight's game, our heads are going to explode. Uh, nine-year NFL vet and a secondary host of the Man to Man podcast. Just recently had an appearance on Jim Rome's podcast. It went very, very well. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey, hey, oh, fellas. Um, how was Jim Rome's? Jim Rome's a legend, dude. Did you know anything about him, or, or is this your first introduction to Jim Rome? 
No, I knew him um, while I was playing. Uh, you know, not like you know, obviously best friends or anything, but just knowing him in the business. Um, every time you know, interacting with him, he was cool, and um, you know, been 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 good. I think from the last that time I came on your show when I had him in the background, mm. we went on, and uh, yeah. it's been it's been cool since. He, he's definitely yeah. a legend in the game, though. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, is that funny? The uh, <laughs> hilarious. What was that? What was that? Like 10, 15 years ago, Jim Rome was the oh, guy. Oh yeah. yeah. Right? Wasn't oh like, yeah. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, he was the guy. Then he kind of <laughs> disappeared or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always because I knew him 10, 15 years ago, because I enjoyed him. I like I I liked his cadence. I liked his voice. People mocked. I liked his voice. I liked everything he did. I thought he created like a subscription service because his fans were so rabid in diehard. He went to CBS. I didn't even know that. He like disappeared. And then yeah. I got a chance to meet him in person a couple years ago cool dude like absolutely <laughs> cool yeah he's a cool guy i'm happy to hear that he's had so much he's had to make a oh, few yeah, hundred million at this point a lot of money yeah he's an awesome guy what you guys talk about i remember from that fight that uh that fight with the i don't know if it was fake or real but that fight with that uh player that was calling out his name chris oh, Evans. that's where i was like introduced <laughs> when he flipped the table on him and he almost yeah, <laughs> yeah. i said i do <laughs> i wonder if anybody's ever gonna do that to like connor for what connor says you know what i mean oh i, mean, I hope that'd, that'd be, be awesome. awesome if connor gets his ass beat by guess it would be so much fun my life yeah. i would i think i'd have to retire the next day because it that wouldn't get any better than that, that is peak <laughs> uh let's hope darius we're stretching right now there's not a lot to talk about today so we want to kind of extend our time with you as long as possible because news kind of dead the uh oh, yeah i feel you speaking of violence though are you in the compass to to murder that dude all right did you watch that smash bro in between the cars oh i've been a part of like i've been a part of some like you know drunk encounters on the streets where people are just like swinging at each other and stuff like that i've seen from a distance in morgantown where somebody will grab like a mailbox and like hit them like i've seen some some weapons be used in real life i've seen batteries thrown in morgantown yeah morgantown is a savage place okay i mean and if you're there every night you're gonna see a lot of things I don't think I've ever seen a guy's head get kicked in the goddamn door. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 Pete, what do we do? We're going to kill a guy. And then we got out of there. The big, I have been told, by the way, uh, that the big hairy bastard from Northern Ireland that got his head kicked in the door, bastard. he is alive. So that's oh, good. Okay. That's nice, good. nice. That's so I'm not accomplished to murder, yeah. Because that's a lot of time in jail. That's a lot of years a in jail. A whole lot. Yeah. Don't want to be there. Yeah. Not at all. Look, this way. He deserved it, though, D-Butt. Look Jeez. at him. He attacked me, threw me off a he wall. Snu- he snuck you, man. He look, hey, I hope they don't make a meme out of that, man. You look like you saw a damn ghost. All right. Can we please take that off? <laughs> Jesus. All right. Let's talk about tonight, Darius. Uh, so, old buddy tested positive for COVID. Con- yep. Contact tracing took out, like, five other studs on the offensive side of the ball for the San Francisco 49ers that actually play in Santa Clara, which is an hour and a half away from San Francisco. Now we're learning this morning, day of game, false positive for old buddy. But in the NFL rules, Whoa. everybody still has to miss the game. So for some reason, the NFL, in their guidelines and whatever, in their clauses, even if it's a false positive, it has to remain or act as if it was a positive for how many days it's a thursday night game so they're all still out aaron Rodgers is out two running backs because aj Dillon went to a birthday dinner with his girlfriend <laughs> like a terrible person and got covid and played an entire game selfish you- selfish <laughs> can't do it will she have another birthday probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable that like the right side in a lot of people's eyes would be for us to yell at him for taking his girlfriend out to a birthday yeah. dinner. Like that, yeah. would, that would be the right side. But it's like, come on, can you really say like, you know what? Be a scumbag. Don't take your, don't make your girlfriend feel special. We want you to actually make her feel yeah. like, 
uh, a terrible all of us. It takes all. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay, all right. So let's move past it. But how do you see tonight going? A lot of players out on both sides, whether they're for warranted reasons or for not. How do you Mm -hmm. see tonight's game going? Aaron was supposed to be a Niner, fan of the Niner. They passed on him, what, 27 years ago. Mm -hmm. I think Aaron still remembers (laughs) that, D, but. Damn right. And uh, he's coming off a loss, so he'll he'll be fired up. I think he'll be efficient. Um, I think he'll pass the ball well. And like you said, I think he'll have uh, probably a couple extra drives because I don't know how well the uh, Niners are moving on that offense. Even though Mullins came in, he was solid last game when he came in through for over 230 in just that quarter. But um, like you said, I don't know what pass catchers will be up for him. So I'm sure they'll stack that box against that run. And I think, I think the Green Bay, I think they win this comfortably. Though. I'd, I'd say probably a couple scores. Yes. Green Bay wins by a couple scores. Okay, that's yeah. good. The line just moved from minus seven to minus six and a half. We think it went from minus seven to minus six and a half for the Green Bay Packers being favored. Uh, it moved because of the false positive news getting to the sports book. But I'm not 100% sure that FanDuel or anybody else knew that the NFL protocol, it doesn't give yeah, a damn. It change, yeah. yeah, it doesn't change it at all. So Green Bay wins by a couple scores. Uh, Aaron Rodgers over under pass yards tonight is like 281 or something like yeah. that and nick mullins is 222 how do you see those two going if you don't have a hard pick just tell us which way you're leaning sir i'm leaning hard to the uh a rod under oh. right a rod under like i said i think it'll be a comfortable game um and, and san fran are good on defense they're sound on defense uh, don't give up a ton of explosive plays uh regardless of who's out there playing so I'm definitely going to say on the under, they kept uh, Russell Wilson, who's probably a leader in the MVP voting right now, uh, under, I think 261 last week. So uh, I'll say under at 281. 281's a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of yards. Like a lot of things have to happen. Now, whenever you talk about Aaron Rodgers, too, I think a stat that you have to talk about is the amount of drop balls. Like last year, what was the total yardage in drop yeah, balls? 649 yards. 649 oh, yards in drop balls, which, by the right. way, the second place one had uh, 507 yards. So 141 yards in difference yeah. of drop balls. This year, the percentage of drop passes, Aaron Rodgers at the top again with like 7.6% drop passes Jeez. this season, then Stafford, then Roethlisberger. Those three pass a lot, but it does seem like drop balls do happen for Aaron. For whatever reason, we're not going to dive into uh, the the people or, or anything like that. For whatever reason, uh, it's at that. So whenever you're at 281 and a half and you're watching that, you bet the over, Every one of those drops is just like, oh, like just an absolute yeah. dagger to the heart. Because to get 281, you have to have a pretty flawless game on all cylinders there, not just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you got to have a good game. And not only that, it, it's got to be competitive. Because um, one of these things we called uh, with, with uh, Kyle, I think, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals against the Cowboys, they were up like three scores at halftime. Like, oh, shit, he's not going to be passing the ball like that in the second half. So a lot of things got to go your way. But uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely stick with that under. How, when you're on I think a, he's efficient, though. I think he's definitely going to be efficient. Yeah, they're going to move. It feels like this can be yeah. one where he's going to be, like, smiling. Yeah. And, like, it feels like it's going to be, like, a happy night. I think he's – Gumpy, what is uh, Aaron Rodgers on Thursday night football, Gumpy? I think he has, like, a, an incredible record. A Gumpy nuke this morning was dropped. Four, one, and one is last six against the spread. On Thursday night football? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, like, Ooh. the short week, it always feels like it's, like, an advantage for Aaron because of how intelligent he is and how he plays yep. and everything like that. When you're on a defense and a team is up – like let's say two scores, two and a, like seventeen or whatever, maybe two and a half scores or whatever. Um, you know that in the second half they're probably going to run the ball a lot more. Like, is that something where the defense coordinator is like, okay, we're obviously getting beat, we got to figure this out. But in the second half, we're going to see a different team than we saw in the first half. Or is it like we just have to execute our game plan still, and they're trying to push that narrative? 
Well, as a, I mean, as a, as a defensive player, you know the coordinator is going to call more more run calls, more run blitzes, more more you know stacking the box. So you you expect them not to uh, do a lot of passes, but you know it's the NFL. You're still going to going to throw the ball, but now you're going to be on the island probably a lot more. And now don't don't gamble on those double moves. Don't think okay, it's just going to be safe because that's when good coordinators will dial up some things to because you're not expecting a lot of passes, a lot of deep passes. Um, you don't expect the offense to take a chance, but some some offenses go for that dagger. So um, you got it's kind of got to play both sides. But you know your coach is going to start making calls to stop that run because if the, if the offense is smart, they'll start running the ball, start eating the clock. So um, you know you got to you got to be smart as a defender back there, especially as, as a corner. Bruce Arians is known as the guy who opens it up. You know, hold yeah, that that's his thing. Is and I never really thought about this much until I was. I think I was watching Marcus Peters play this past weekend. Um, and that defense is uh, is known as a great defense. And I was watching like the Steelers defense. It feels like all of the the defenses that are touted as great. Okay, mm-hmm. they have great players, obviously, and they are whatever. It feels like they sit and jump on short routes and expect short routes a lot more, and they are potentially open for a long one every once in a while. But they're gonna is that is that a style? Is that more like the way a player plays? Is that a strategy? Is that a scheme? Because it feels like a lot of plays are under ten yards, right? It feels mm-hmm. like a lot of things are just like boom, boom, boom. We're gonna have a little timing route on the outside. We're gonna run a pick play here. We're gonna do this, and it feels like the defenses that are considered great all. All their corners are like jumping like they are expecting short is that because the pressure on a quarterback like how does that all tie in and what is the mindset of like those elite uh defensive backs and secondaries and entire defensive units yeah i, w- I wouldn't say it's, it's one one way like corners play a different but um just the smart the smart ones like i would say like asante samuel like people always would say oh you know Asante took a lot of chances you know he gambled a lot but he wasn't he, he took, like, calculated risk. He knew, okay, formations, uh, down and distance, offensive coordinator schemes. Like, I asked him, I had him on a podcast, and asked him, you know, name your top receivers that you went up against. He was like, I don't even pay attention to receivers. I'm, facing, I'm based on the quarterback and the coaches. Like, how do they call the game? How does this quarterback like to attack defenses? So when uh, corners start to do that and you have a collect, like Pittsburgh, for instance, you got Dupree and, and Watt coming off the edge. And then if we're adding pressure on top of those two guys – I know that ball should be coming out pretty quickly, especially if it's a, you know, a third and six or, or a third and eight. I know, okay, let me maybe take a chance around these sticks. And on the flip side of that, you saw uh, when Jalen Ramsey, when the Rams played the Bears, and um, they were backed up. You know, you, that's when you anticipate a lot of curls, and they ran that double move. Foles missed him. He got hit. But Jalen felt like, okay, I'm getting pressure. This is my opportunity to take a chance. Like we talked about on the show, you backed up. That's when defenses, DBs want to score touchdowns. So it's kind of a combination of both. But uh, you got some players. Marcus Peters, he's kind of like he's smart, but at the same time he gambles. So um, it depends. The guys do it differently. Um, Richard Sherman is a guy who knows the scheme, and he's going to play it. from the, He's not going to give up the deep ball. So um, it, it's different. Guys do it different ways. But you just got to know, okay, how's my coordinator calling it? You know, in the the next level guys, they can look and say, okay, they don't have enough to protect this blitz, so I know it's coming out hot. That's what I was and, about uh, to say. That's what I was about to ask you. Like, yeah. whenever you hear the play call and it's like a blitz, and the corners mm-hmm. who are like veterans and know the thing, they see the formation the offense has, they know yep. the blitz that you guys have, and the immediate thought is like, oh, this ball is coming out very – so you yep. can sit at like five yards almost, and you're like, this is where it's – there's no way they could even pass that. That's such exactly. – that's that next level shit that whenever you're watching that you don't even realize is happening in those calculated decisions knowing what you know and which i mean that's the next level football stuff that i think a lot of people don't get 
Yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's why, like, a quarterback like a Russ or a Kyle or somebody who can escape, A-Rod who can escape, uh, um, so you send, a, you send a, a blitz that can't be picked up. But if the quarterback can escape and get out of there, or even like a, you know, a prime Big Ben who could just shrug off a DB and throw it deep, that, that can cost you on the defensive side. But for the most part, if I know they got five or six in protecting and we're sending one more than they're protecting, I know, okay, it's a good chance. This, and especially, like, you, you calculate it down to this. It's a third and nine, and we're sending a zero blitz. Saw it a lot with the Dolphins last week. I know, okay, I'm going to sit off at probably about seven or eight, and I'm playing this flat foot technique to where that ball's got to come out fast. Hey, you're going to get God every once in a while. You just got to get yours more than you get God, though. Facts. <laughs> Facts. You said you said that perfectly. <laughs> DB as a as a corner. So with the wide or with the 49ers top three or four wide receivers out, is there like a general trait when a backup wide receiver comes in, like that you know that they're probably not as good at, like like they're not as good as getting off the jam. They're not as good as judging the ball in the air. Is there a general trait, or is it different for every guy? It's different, and it's honestly a little advantage. <laughs> For the offense, for those guys who haven't been on film, um, it's the advantage that they have is, you know, they don't, we don't know what there is. Some guys that come on the field, a couple guys get banged up, and I'm like, damn, this dude wasn't on the scouting report. I didn't know he was a low 4-3 guy. Uh, you know, I didn't talk to special teams coordinator. You got to come in that meeting and be like, hey, so-and-so is up this week. Just letting you know he was a track star in college. So when you get those little tidbits, you got to know. But for the, once you get out, out in that game, those young guys, man, those guys don't, don't get a lot of reps. They're just trying to get – to the right spot they're just trying not to mess up so that's where the defense kind of gets the advantage because they don't have like the savviness to fill a game or fill a route like a Devontae Adams who's got thousands of reps under his belt with a rod so they don't have that timing down so you got a backup quarterback in and now you got backup receivers as well it's gonna be tough D, but a massive conversation around the Niners right now is this being Jimmy G's possible last year. If Nick Mullins has some success tonight, do you think uh, Kyle Shanahan will look himself in the mirror and say, oh, shit, this is all me, not Jimmy G. Let's get rid of this guy or no? <laughs> I, I think I think Jimmy G's out of there after this year. I do. Um, I don't I don't think he's um, he's not one of those quarterbacks that I feel like you got to be like, hey, we got to keep this guy around. Like without this guy, this system can't work. Um, he's definitely a guy that's uh, replaceable. And if you even look back at this in the Super Bowl, uh, this past Super Bowl, it, there was plays. I would put that Super Bowl loss on Jimmy G. You know, Whoa! Shanahan dialed it up. There were plays. Um, that deep ball to Sanders and quarters. It was a play to the flat that he missed, like in, in huge situations. Um, he's one of those guys that, and, and golf is like this too. Like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, these guys can dial up plays so well that it's almost like they make the play for the quarterback. But once they have to go to that second or third read or improvise and make a, you know, out-of-box type of play, that's when, they, that's when you see how limited they are. So on the good coordinators, they kind of catch up to that and force. That's why the Dolphins last week, they forced golf to make quick decisions, make good throws, make quick reads. And uh, more times than not, those guys don't do it. Why don't more people just send, like, pressure? Why, like, what is the – because all the great defenses are known for sending pressure. Like this uh, LeBeau or whatever, is that his name? Dick, Dick LeBeau, LeBeau. Yeah. in Dick Pittsburgh. LeBeau, yeah. I grew up in Pittsburgh, right? So LeBeau, when everybody talks about it, like, oh, LeBeau's going to bring pressure. And then Rex Ryan is like a noted defensive mind. He's like, oh, he brings mm -hmm. pressure. Oh, these people, they got exotics. Like, how come, why doesn't, why is that not what everybody does? Why doesn't everybody well, just bring the shit out of pressure? Because the, the thing about it is with, with, with defense, I mean, it's, it's, 
if we're sending pressure, we're giving up something on the coverage end. So how much do you trust your coverage guys? And with the, the, the pass catchers these days, not only receivers, but running backs, tight end, like a lot of these guys can catch, catch a ball and go 50 on you. So do you want to risk that? And then another part of it is how many guys do I have that can keep keep this Rolodex of blitzes? Like if you watch Baltimore play, for instance, like they send a ton of exotics. They'll send overloads and two highs and sing all type of different blitzes. Pittsburgh, same thing. Um, so it's like, okay, do I have guys who can uh, mentally, you know, keep up with that? So it's a combination of things. And then you want, ultimately, you want quarterbacks, you want offense to kind of go that long, hard way uh, down the field. You want them to have to do 12, 14 play drives because, you know, offenses, quarterbacks, they get impatient. They want the big play. So a lot of coordinators say, hey, just don't give up the big play and uh, we'll kind of work our way down. But you have the Rex Ryans and the and the uh, Martindales and the guys who say, you know, I'm just going to attack. I'm going to send the house tie bowls uh, because I trust my guys on the front to get after him. I also trust my guys in the back and the cover. Hey, Greg Williams is going to send pressure, too. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to oh, he's yeah. going to take your ankle and Kurt Angle. What do you got, Ty? D-butt, uh, for the Packers defense, like tonight, are they uh, like subconsciously still thinking about what happened in the NFC Championship, and then in the regular season they got dog walked by the Niners too? Like, is that something you're subconsciously thinking about if things kind of start not going your way, or is it just a new game, new opportunity? Uh definitely a new game. You know, it's it's always a new team every year uh, in the league. But you don't you don't forget about losses like that. Um, I, I can remember years back. Um, you guys probably seen that quote with Bart Scott, like that can't wait quote. Um, so we, we whooped them like 45 to three during the regular season and in the playoffs, they beat us, I think in the divisional round. And, um, you, you could tell like that they, they remember that, that ass whooping that they got. So you don't forget those ass whooping, you know, it's a new team, but it could be all new stars on that team, but you want to get your get back. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be a, a big thing on their mind though. Jimmy's not out there. Uh, not, basically, any of the guys that that kick their ass or not won't be out there. So um, they're just trying to get the win tonight any way possible. Schematically, are they in trouble? Because they've been a team that you can tell isn't great against the run if the run gets going. Now, granted, I guess that's every team, but it seems yep. like the Green Bay Packers defense arch nemesis is if a team can run well. And Kyle Shanahan is known for being this master schematic run game coordinator. Is that? Like how do you how do you stop that? Is it all will? Like what is like the run game? Is that your scheme could potentially get out schemed in the run game, or is it more oh. humans? Yeah. So with, with with Shanahan, you can definitely get out schemed with the misdirections and the the, the he does a lot um, to make it tough to be uh, gap sound against that run game. Um, the benefit for the Packers tonight, though, is they don't have a bunch of pass catchers to worry about. They don't have Kittle out there. They don't have Debo. Um, you know, I, you, they don't have these guys out there that, that are really threats, um, at least that we know of right now. You know, if we get in the game and guys start balling, that's one thing. But right now, I can go into this game saying, yo, we got to put everything on the line to stop this run and force Nick Mullins and these pass catchers to beat us. So that's that's what they have in their back pocket. If you got a guy like Kittle out there or got, or these other guys, then you have to respect these guys on the outside so you can't put as much in a run game you can't have seven and a half man boxes because that's when you that's when a team like the Packers who don't have the personnel to have a seven and a half man box to stop the run uh, that's when they'll get in trouble but tonight I expect to see a lot of eight man boxes from them 
and uh, kind of forcing that quarterback to beat him. Hey, that's great All news. Right. Hey, Love, here we go. We're hammering the Packers tonight. Uh, I won't bet the under on Aaron Rodgers, but I won't bet the over. So that is that you save me some money there because I won't do that bet. <laughs> uh, and Darius, we all want to give you a big congratulations. Uh, one of your tweets went viral. That oh, is yeah. that doesn't mm-hmm. happen a lot. Hey. hey, went viral, ended up on a bunch of accounts, including ESPN's main account, which has like 40 million followers or something like that. So big congrats yeah. to you. Hey, 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 Foxy, we got uh, we're gonna have Megatron on the Man to Man pod soon too, man. Oh, let's go. Wow. thank you for putting some respect on his name. Well, you don't. Well, you D but D but please, please ask him about his hatred in the Calvin Johnson curse that is in the Detroit Lions organization still to this day because they wouldn't pay him what a million bucks or something. Million bucks. We need answers, D but. It's disrespect. You don't do business like that, man. Especially no, with a guy like that. Been the face of your franchise, laid it on the line for yeah. years. Broke you guys didn't do anything to build around him. Like, come on, man. Then you guys say the force a curse because of that? Yeah. I think yeah. Called broke, too. What's that? I think you called the Fords broke too. You said they were struggling. They didn't have the money to give it to them. Well, oh. that's we did question <laughs> rumor, and then they sold it to their daughter. Grapevine. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of rumors. Just ask Calvin Johnson if he has heard about the curse and if there's anything that could possibly happen to lift that curse. Because the Lions fans, they said they started to go fund me yeah. so that they could pay Calvin Johnson his money. We need it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think right now. I don't think he needs it. I, <laughs> I, de- I definitely asked him about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, incredible football mind, Darius Butler. Hey, so sorry to interrupt. Just want to let you know that if you're not having sex with Roman swipes on your penis, you're wrong. That might be my new thing. You're wrong if you don't do something that I like, because that's like the way the world is right now. Yeah, everyone's saying it. You are wrong though if you're not utilizing our friends at Roman to make you the better you. Mm-hmm. They're a men's health brand that tries to make everything about you better. How's your skin? Not great. Could probably be better. Yeah. How's your hair? Could be better. Could probably be better. How's your sex life? Great, but could be better. Exactly. And it's it's just a tag team partner that's not there to tell you that you're wrong. Roman's there to tell you, let's do this a little bit better in a convenient fashion. Mm-hmm. Roman swipes are a game-changing in-the-sack invention that basically, let me lay it out for you here, okay? You order Roman swipes at GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. You'll get free two-day shipping. They'll show up at your house in uh, discreet packaging, Mm -hmm. so nobody will know what it is. Right. Okay, not that you should be embarrassed, by the way, but nobody will know that you have... Just an ace in the hole, basically. Mm-hmm. Right before you're about to make love. Right before you're about to do the the, the, bi- the business. Business. Right before you're about to... Go balls deep. I mean, right before you're about to... Bend someone over the barrel and show them the 50 states. See, I, every time you say that, I'm still not sure that has been said by many people outside of maybe your high school in Iowa. But no. not a bad... J-Suds, I'm telling you. Listen, whenever you're going to do any of those things, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, you should be doing it for a much longer time than you are now. You should be going in there and putting on a show. You should be getting a standing ovation. And you can do that with our friends at Roman Roman Swipes. You just rub the Roman Swipes right on the kit and caboodle right before you're about to get started. It'll dry quickly. Then you'll go to town. It will not transfer to your partner, so they have no idea that you have this tag team partner alongside you in Roman Swipes. It's small enough to fit in your pocket, too. Nobody will even know that it's there. And then you have longer, better sex thanks to Roman. 
Right now, go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. You have longer, better sex. You have longer, better hair. You have better skin. Mm -hmm. Everything you could possibly need to be the best version of yourself. Listen, we're going into the winter or whatever, but right on the other side of that is spring. Let's take a couple months here and let's be the best us whenever that sun comes back out. Whenever it's spring break time, let's let's have the best skin, hair, and sex game that anybody could ever talk about. Yeah. Let's go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat and make that happen. Sounds good to me. Hua. 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 Hoo-rah. Hoo-rah. Back to the show. One of the smoothest talkers in the history of sports. He covers the Olympics. He's the host of Football Night in America. I believe he calls every Notre Dame game. Formerly of Monday Night Football and everywhere else you've ever seen a sport in the history. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Tarico. Yeah. Thank you. So here's the question. You said that that's the hardest song you've ever heard with your name in it. Yeah. How many songs have your name in it? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I think there's only a couple. Are there a lot? Like, are there 10, 20? No. So there was a time there where, uh, like, Drake was just coming onto the scene. And I had, I had a mutual friend, okay? Like, somebody who I'd worked out with was also, like, training him or something like that. And I was, gotcha. this, hey, by the way. I feel like this is pretty forward thinking in marketing, whatever this was happening. This is like 2010, 2011, before anything. I'm like, hey, if he's going to do anything like when it comes to kicking or punting, can you just have him say like McAfee? That'd, that'd be great if you could do that. And the guy, the guy looked at me, the, the trainer guy was like, uh, uh, no offense to you. Like, I'm okay losing our relationship, but I'm not going to lose my relationship. <laughs> I, like, I just started dying laughing. That's good. I, I would assume. That's really good. Tariko, you've been like a name associated with sports for a while. And I don't know how many. Yeah, well, you don't look it, though, by the way. You look like you're the same age you were 20 years ago. So now you haven't even changed in like 20 years. But whenever I assume, is there any event that you look back on that you were a part of? That you were like, damn, I cannot believe I was there because you're you're a part of all these big moments. Is there any moment that sticks out that you're like, I can't believe I was a part of that? Yeah, it's still still the Olympic gig, um, you know, we're following. You don't replace Bob Costas, right? You follow Bob Costas. So following him. Uh, as the host of the primetime Olympics of so South Korea 2018. Uh, that, that's still like, did I, did I really do that? And then we were supposed to do the same job in Tokyo. That's been pushed back a year. So I mean, hopefully we'll have the Summer Olympics in 21. And then six months later, the Winter Olympics in Beijing. So we may have two Olympics in a six-month stretch, which hasn't happened in about three and a half decades. So that to me is still like the, did, did I really, did I really do that? It was pretty cool to do. And uh, it still is a pinch me moment when I hear myself mentioned as the host of the Olympics on NBC. Yeah. Cause the Olympics captivate every, I mean, it stops everything. We're in training camp and I'm watching a floor routine and I'm like, Oh, come on, let's go. Let's stay. like, you know what I mean? A sport that I would never in a million years ever watch. It captivates the entire country whenever the Olympics are on. And that's the deal, you know, in the, in the summer Olympics, obviously swimming track and field, everybody has done those things. Nobody sits down on a regular basis to watch them, you know, then in the Winter Olympics, it's all these sports that are, you know, you, you've got a skate or a blade or, or you're in a bobsled and you're going as fast as you can on something slippery. I mean, it's really like all think about it, it's daredevil stuff. Uh, you know, when do you sit down and watch bobsled? You don't or luge. But if there is a red, white and blue American flag on that person and USA on the uniform, you're like, go. And you're like rooting your tail off for this person who you've never met in a sport that you rarely watch. And that's the magic of the Olympics. So, Pat, what would be your Olympic sport if you were an Olympian? Uh, great don't say question. soccer. Don't, don't give me soccer. No, like, no. Well, 
I, I'm way past being able to run anywhere near <laughs> the amount that you would need. To be honest, there was one particular Summer Olympics. I got real into the speed walkers. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like I have a pretty good quick twitch in my hips because it's a lot of hips right. in that because you got to be able to move. Sure. But the, Heel toe, heel toe, heel toe. Yeah. yeah. The calluses, though, that are built because of the blisters that they have on their heels and everything, I'm not sure if I'm mentally tough enough. That one, or I'm a big fan of what's the one where you go head first down on the sled? Skeleton? Skeleton? Mm -hmm. Skeleton. Oh, skeleton. Yeah, skeleton. Oh, okay. oh. Hey, you better tighten up. <laughs> you better tighten. Oh, no, no. When you sit down on the seat. Yeah, yeah, you better tighten up. Uh, but the head first one. You want to go head first? I think because whenever in Pittsburgh where we grew up, a lot of like, you know, hills like this or whatever, but also telephone poles and cars. So if you go this way and you don't have like a flexible neck, you can't see anything. You have to go head first so you can dodge. I felt like I was pretty good at that. And uh, so, you know, you've got you've got the size like I could see you as one of the one of the brakemen or something in a bobsled. Yeah. You know, remember, Hers remember Herschel Walker did that? Yeah, he's a little bit better right? athlete. <laughs> I know, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can go for like five seconds, get us to a good speed and Ugh. hop in and just tuck Mike and just ride for America you. for the red the white and the blue for a chance to sit on that couch with you over in Olympic Village let's afterwards go. I would absolutely <laughs> be able to do that Mike let's talk about your uh, your weekly gig uh yeah. well both of them I guess are huge but football night in America is the one that I catch mm -hmm. every single Sunday and uh the boys and I were just talking about it before you came on the reason why it's so good is it has a good pace which I assume you guys work on and know that it has a good pace and you cover so much of the day all the storylines that we need to know going into Monday you guys kind of set the pace like here's the storylines here's the highlights here's what you need how much fun is that show putting together and also watching all those games all day how do you because I have to do it every single week and I struggle with it at this point I assume you guys have to do it as well how do you guys digest information and decide what goes and what doesn't go so like a million years ago, when I worked at ESPN, we were on college football, I'd sit in the studio and watch seven, eight games at once. And you just kind of get a knack for it. And 25, 30 years later, I'm still doing that. So you sit in a room on Sunday, you're watching eight or nine games. The, the good news is, you know the room, right? So you know that Chris Sims always has an eye on the Bucks or the Raiders or the quarterbacks that he things are terrific you know tony dungy's always got an eye on what's going on with the colts game you know rodney always has an eye on the patriots we're all watching every game i live in michigan i'm usually keeping an eye on a lions game so all of a sudden somewhere in the room it seems like every game is covered somehow some way right so you have all that so we're all keeping an eye on that plus our producers and our associate producers are in there the the weird part pat is when you get on the air because the show goes on at seven the start time of the show dates back to when the late game used to kick off at four o'clock now that late game kicks off at 425. So the first half hour of the show, our viewership kind of depends on which teams are playing Sunday night. They want pregame stuff on their game and how out of out of balance that other game is. Is it a blowout or not? But then usually at 735 or 740, you know, a bunch of people are coming in and we try to jam everything of significance in the NFL in that 30, 35 minute window. And it is a rush. Like last Sunday, you're watching the two, three games finish. Like the, the Broncos are coming back against the Chargers. Bears and Saints are going to overtime, and then you're on the air doing the show. So I'm doing a highlight. Sims and Dungey are doing a breakdown, and I'm over here watching the Broncos trying to drive down for the game-winning touchdown. So it's so much fun. Like You get out of there after an hour 15, 
and your head's ready to just go. <laughs> it's the most fun that I have all week. It's awesome. It's the best show on television. I think it's won that award for like 10 years straight or something like that. Like Sunday Night Football dominates for good reason. Good games, good coverage. And Al and Chris are an incredible tag team. And I've always wanted to ask you about this uh, because I don't know you like that well, but I know you a right. little bit, right? But I know you. Yeah, yeah. So it's and like you know Herb Street, you know all the game day guys. So yeah, yeah like, like I know you. Through, through extension, like I know you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where you left Monday Night Football, you go to NBC, and I think we as football fans, we're all like, hey, Tariko is a good play-by-play. Like that is a – and by the way – I can say this, you can't because you're much more closer to that profession. There's not a lot of great ones out there, okay? So whenever you leave the game, and we know you're going to uh, NBC, which has Sunday Night Football, and Al Michaels is there, who's also an incredible play-by-play guy, a lot of us were like, why would Tarico do that? Why would you leave an NFL play-by-play, go to the NBC? But then, obviously, Olympics, Notre Dame, you get a chance to do all these other things. But I think for NFL fans, there's a lot of us that were like, we kind of miss Tarico's voice calling a game and telling the story of a game. Uh, it's nice to hear. I miss it, too. Uh, the, the seven years I had working with Gruden, the years with Jaws, Joe Theismann, Tony Kornheiser, uh, sideline reporters, Michelle Tafoya was with us at the start, and Susie Culver, Lisa Salters. Uh, that group was one of my favorite groups. I was, enjoyed working with everybody so much. Loved Monday nights. I still watch Monday nights in, in the, almost like this this odd way. It's like watching you know a house that you used to live in and somebody else lives there now. It's just still kind of funny to watch. But I love it. I root for those guys to have great shows and for all the broadcast teams to to have a lot of success. Um, It was simple, like you said. The opportunity to work after 25 years at ESPN, 10 years on Monday night, to still be involved with the NFL, with Sunday night football. At the time, NBC still had Thursday night football. So I thought we were going to keep that package. So you had NFL to do. The studio show you mentioned, the Olympics, the Kentucky Derby, those were kind of things that in that part of my career I wanted to – have the opportunity to do it. I was blessed to be asked to do them. I still love the NFL, getting to do some games this year. Uh, I love staying involved with the league. Um, it is my favorite thing to do is call games. And then the Notre Dame opportunity came up. And now here I am. I'm in South Bend right now. And we've got number one Clemson against number four Notre Dame. You don't get very often the number one team coming into South Bend. So I'm going to have a game uh, on Saturday that I'm privileged to call with Tony Dungy that it will be talked about forever, no matter what happens, because you don't often get the number one team coming to play at Notre Dame and Notre Dame in the top five as well. So that, it's, it's been fun. It's been a great move for our career and a great move for our family, too. We've loved it. Uh, I'm thankful to hear that you're enjoying it and everything like that. And I'm, it's also nice to know that I was right in thinking that yeah, the Thursday night football, you thought you were going to be able to still stay around in the NFL more. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Yeah, because right. in my head, I was... You can confirm that you your thoughts were right that's what we're here for <laughs> my show so my show that's my show I, that's, that's, why that's why your name is in one or two rap songs exactly. <laughs> hey you know you know what the best part of game day has become so i i've known herb street since he started right love herbie, uh, I, love, I, herbie. I love herbie we text every every couple of days we talk every week he's one of my favorite people on earth regardless of if we work together or not uh there's nothing better he he has a silly laugh. When he starts laughing, he can't stop. Yeah, yeah. And he'll go, dude, stop. <laughs> when you start, as soon as you start one of your McAfee moments, then you're just gone, right? 
he just starts cracking up, and I can't even listen to you. I'm looking at him because I know he's dying to just laugh. Him trying to swallow the laugh every time is something I really yes. enjoy. And I think a lot of people think, for good reason, that when I go on game day, uh, I'm trying to, you know, like entertain the audience or whatever. And that is 100% real. But I think this year, right, without the crowd and with everything like that, right. when I come in there, I am literally trying to be an energy drink for the hosts. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to come in for the boys. Like, I'm trying to come in. and the crowd. Yeah, I'm trying to get them to, like, uh, like if I can lift a little bit of energy or whatever on that show. Like that. So a lot of people wonder why I do what I do. I'm 100% doing it so we can get Herbie's laugh there. Like, I'm 100% doing it trying to get Reese, you know? And, I mean, some fans hate that. But <laughs> that is what I am doing. You but, know? by the way, by the way, and I'll, I'll say something uh, about you that I have no reason to say, but you you bring football knowledge too. Oh, thanks. You know, man. like I, here's what I've learned. So when we go to games, that you know this, when the broadcasters go on Fridays for a Sunday night game, or we'd go on Saturday for Mondays, you're watching practice. Invariably, the only people on the sideline are a couple of trainers and the kicker and the punter if they want to talk. Right? If they're not working on another field, or if they're done doing their work on the other field, come back for a special teams period. So you get to talk to punters and kickers a whole bunch. And they're some of my favorite people in the league. And I talked to Thomas Morstead when I've been to Saints practice over the years. And, like, you realize that because you guys observe so much football oh, yeah. and your practice is limited, because physically you can't kick for you know, 20, 30 minutes a day every day, kickers and punters know more ball than most people even realize. And I think you see it when Jay Feely was on on that Tuesday night uh, Tennessee game. Like, you know what? There are kickers who know offense, they know defense, they interact with everybody, they they get it. So when I hear Bingo. you talk ball, I'm happy to hear that. Well, and not only that, by the way, we're in team meetings after wins and losses. We're in the locker room after we're in like uh we're in the practice, the walkthrough. Like there's a I had a front row seat to watch the best football of all time. So I understand right. that my position was nowhere near as tough as every other position on the field. And I understand that maybe I can't dissect the cover two like a quarterback can, but whenever it just is like general team feel and mindset, like I was very, very lucky to be front row and get a chance to watch all of that. And I'll say by the time I got into the NFL, I thought I knew football. And then after watching right. Peyton run a team for a couple years and then transition into Andrew Luck, it's like, I feel like I was baptized almost in football knowledge. And I appreciate you saying that because not a lot of people in the uh, TV business see with me be a lot of people hear the delivery. They don't hear the words. Right. So some people right. listen yeah. to music and they just hear the sounds. They don't hear the actual story being told in the lyrics. I think that happens to me a little bit. A lot of people hear and see my delivery. They're not listening to the words mm -hmm. I'm saying that I think is could be vital if you're a gambler. And aside from that, just trying to make <laughs> you laugh a little bit, you know. Well, you know, I mean, you have to understand there are many things that America needs to fix about ourselves as a country. One thing that's not needed to fix is that we are a little skeptical of the words coming out of a man who's had as a hand as a hammer. <laughs> it's just like he's going like this with, as a grown man, too, with a TV camera that he knows his life. And he's doing this. With Sometimes it's hard to say, oh, that. That's the guy I want to listen to. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Let me listen to this man who's wielding a hammer on TV, yeah. wearing a Coastal Carolina shirt that he couldn't find that school a year ago. It's all good. Weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, go. let's go Sean's, dude. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. Sean's, Woo! bro. The Shanta Clear's going to go on a run. You Why better. Not? Hey, I'll tell you what. 
Notre Dame was scared to book the Chanticleers. Uh-huh. That's what I heard. I heard Notre Dame was scared to book the Chanticleers up there, Tariqo. How do you feel about that game this weekend? Because you know, this is interesting to me because I've always wondered about the NBC-Notre Dame relationship. It's every single sure, week. Yeah. It's prime time. to. So you know that team inside and out at this point. Like You and Brian Kelly probably know more about each other than most humans know about each other, right? Is that how it is? Or do you try to stay like independent from this whole thing? Well, you do. So it's not every week. It's just the home games. But it becomes six or seven. And when you see a team that often, you do have a lot of sense of what they're doing. And especially with Notre Dame, it's now year five that I'm involved in this. So fourth full year. So I've seen pretty much every snap that they've played the last five years, which for a national play-by-play guy is a rarity. And it's a huge advantage for me to be able to do that. Um, you, You know what, Pat? We try to be very intentional about... We are not the Notre Dame network. We do cover Notre Dame's games, but you know we have um, we we have our reputations on the line. And it's hmm. me, it's Tony Dungy. We cover the NFL. I think people know uh, that you can be fair about it, uh, even though we do cover Notre Dame week in week out. So when there's a big game like this week, we usually go to that city and spend time with that team. So that happens with USC. It happened with Georgia. We would have been down at Clemson this week. Uh, if not for COVID-19, obviously restricted travel for everyone. But I found the coaches of the other teams have been great. And I think a lot of that is, whether it's Doug Flutie or Tony or myself, we've been around for a long time. You know, we're not here shilling for anybody. We're, we're just here to do the game. We do understand that we have a lot of Notre Dame fans who watch us on a regular basis. So you probably get a little more detail on Notre Dame within a broadcast than you might from a national crew that doesn't see them week in, week out. Because we know the third receiver who was here taking reps with the threes on the scout team two years ago because we were at practice three, four, five times during the season. So that that's the one difference. So hopefully we try to be able to cover Notre Dame as well as any team is covered on national TV. And that allows us to dive in pretty deep on the other teams. So I, I've been in on Clemson now preparing for two weeks, which is an advantage that you don't normally get if you're covering a game on national TV. So we try to make the most of it. But, I mean, heck, we're, we're, the, we're the nation of the Olympics. If, if somebody from Belarus or somebody you know, from the United Kingdom, Great Britain, wins a gold medal, we're, we're covering it and not saying, oh, darn, he's, he's for the road team. No, we're covering it. That's what we do. That's what our network is. We try to bring that to the Notre Dame game. Hey, it is. NBC broadcasts are very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. You know, like, oh, yeah. it's a, such a consistency. You guys have a consistency of putting out a, such a good product. Like that, that is, I mean, I assume that starts at the top and there's a lot of expectations, but a hiring, I assume, is a big part of that thing. Well, well until they brought me in, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> hey, do you think, uh, Mike, do you think if the Notre Dame fans hated you, they would have moved you? Oh, I, I think we'd have to take a little bit more than just the fans hating me. I'd have to be incompetent at my job too. But <laughs> you're not. I, I, but I but you're not though. But I'm just saying, like you are. Every, by all me, by all accounts, you are very good. But do you think if the Notre Dame yeah. fans, for whatever reason, were like, because NBC Notre Dame is a, a great business sure. partner, you, you guys cover Graham's mm-hmm. great. Do you think if they were like, ah, oh, we hate this guy, that NBC would change or no? No, I, I think if whoever it was, if they were doing a good job, they'd keep that person on the games. Um, okay, it, gotcha. it is a. We don't do the volume of, say, an ESPN where, like I said, not only did I work, but I loved working and uh, have great, great fond feelings for a lot of the people there who I worked with for over the many years, 25 years. Um, but we, we do less volume of sports. Uh, but th- there is a level that Sunday Night Football sets and the Olympics set, right? So even though each show may not be at that level of viewership or importance, I think the approach is taken that way because most of the people who 
work on those shows, especially from the production side, have worked on all the other broadcasts that we do. So, so there, yeah. there is that level, and I appreciate you saying that on behalf of, heck, it's not me, it's the, it's the people we work with. So I, 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 th I think you understand who your audience is, and by and large, every fan wants a Homer broadcast for their team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but I, do I do think the Notre Dame fans over time have come used to, hey, we know you're covering both teams. We know that all the Clemson fans are watching this week, and then all the fans from Louisville were watching a few weeks ago. So they, they've been cool. The Notre Dame fans have been great. I, I've really – have you been here, Pat? No, I, I, I went up there one time with uh, Sergio Brown, who was one of my great gunners, like one of the greatest yeah. gunners I've ever seen. He, we went up there for one of our bye weeks, I think. It was – it was awesome. It was a very cool. cool experience up there. And there was a Rudy statue outside. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty cool, Rudy. The, the, the place is awesome. And when you think about it, 91 years of college football have been played at that site. Wow. It's the house that Rockney built. It's uh, just steps from Touchdown Jesus, uh, all the Heisman Trophy winners, all the national champions here and other teams. Because that's the, the joy of Notre Dame over the years. They try to play the best teams in the country. So that means a lot of the great players in the history of the sport have played in this stadium. Yeah. That's what makes it even more magical in a very unique way compared to like the SEC or some of the other schools that have great traditions but different. And Notre Dame also, not only the deal with NBC being a great business move and for both, both sides, I assume, they were the first ever – college and correct me if i'm wrong that had their own television network which was a massive yeah. ordeal whenever it came to recruiting it's like hey come to notre dame you also get on our we are the only ones that have tv they just have always been you know thoughtful thinking ahead insightful and also having a good product on the field i think they lose well, think about this pat think about this, this relationship weekend. this year because they're in the acc for every other sport but hockey and for football but the relationship with the acc gave them a place to have a schedule this year you know, they could have they could have done their own independent schedule. Everybody would have taken a one off with Notre Dame around the country. Right. But this gave them the opportunity to have a place that in this unique year they could play and play for a conference championship. And if they win on Saturday or if they lose, there's a decent chance this will be a replay. These teams will play again unless North Carolina, Miami or B.C. have great finishes this season, more likely Miami since they're the one lost team in the ACC. Uh, for the most part, there's a great chance that what we're going to see Saturday night might be act one of two with a reprise in the ACC championship game on December 19th. You just gave me a lot of information I'm probably going to use this weekend. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to use it on game day this weekend probably. I appreciate are that. You gonna, are you going to be able to say the Clemson quarterback's name on game day? Hey, are you going to pull that off for me? I'm a professional. DJ Uyunglele, dude. Come on. Get out of here, Us. Very close, but that is awesome. I love You just pulled that right out. Yeah, come on. Uyunglele. Uyunglele? You got it right there. Don't hey, I go to Hawaii a lot, okay? I'm, I'm, I, I go to Hawaii a lot, all right? The Ooses are fans of mine, I think. They see the Caucasian guy land on the island, the super white guy. Oh, there's lobster in like three days. Shaka, bro. Let's go ahead and move. What's up, Tone? Mike, I don't know if this is a verified report or not, but there was reports that uh, Drew Brees was gonna, specifically going to be joining you um, in the booth at some point after his retirement. Are you? Do you have any concerns? Because it sometimes doesn't work out when a guy goes straight from the field to the booth. Do you have any concerns? about that have you talked to drew do have you guys practice at all anything like that yeah that's not a done deal uh i've known drew for many many years going back to the 06 uh first year of monday night football when they had that great game against the falcons they reopened the dome after katrina uh, that was our third monday night game so i've known drew and sean payton all those guys ever since you know I, drew is so focused right now on winning a championship uh and think about how they got knocked out the last three years these like 
life football life crushing plays oh yeah um, they he is so focused on, on getting back there that i don't know necessarily that he's defined what that next step is going to be or look like he'll be look he's one of those people who like can walk into a room and say oh is, do you pick football games and carry a hammer around yeah he'll be great at that if he tries to do that. i doubt it <laughs> i doubt it you doubt it yeah yeah there's a lot of people that are going to be great at things and then they get into positions alongside you and everybody thinks like because you're so good at it they're like oh this is easy and they absolutely stink and those people get a lot of jobs i don't think drew Brees will be that guy i don't know him well enough right. but you're just saying assuming that he's going to be great I, i'm not 100 percent sure because he spoke for like 35 seconds in his offseason he almost got canceled for for the rest of his life. There are guys, you're in production meetings. You can tell the guys who would be good if they want to do it. Like Peyton would be incredible. Oh, yes. Brady would be incredible. Yes. Drew would be. Those guys who see the field, see the game, and know everything, those are the guys who right away you can tell they have the skill set to figure it out. So if he chooses to go down that road and do TV, I have no doubt he'd be great. Same with Peyton if he was ever ready to do it. Uh, and same with Brady, too. Like, People don't hear Brady talk as much as you watch him and you think you've heard him talk over time. But you sit in a production meeting with him and you're like, man, this guy is – he's not only the best quarterback, you know, not only has six Super Bowls, he's not only a great-looking guy who's got the world going, he's also really, really super, super smart. Not just football, everything else. You're like, damn, what, what, what did we do wrong? <laughs> Well, you've done a lot right, man. You're incredible in your own way. I hope you understand that and know that. Got a lot of fans in this office. Uh, and keep nice it you, going. We can't Same wait to here. continue to watch you. We appreciate it, man. Same here. Hang with you anytime. Uh, make Herbie laugh this week. That's, that's your goal. You Got to do that for me. I will try. Me and this thing, okay, will come in and Bring make the hammer. It broke last week. It broke last week. We had to take some duct tape to it. So we'll hope it survives, pal. You know what I mean? Hey, it's just like a season. You just got to get through the season, man. One, 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 one. So. Mike Tarino. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, insider for NFL Network. Holy moly's on ABC, by the way. It was from the mind of Steph Curry, by the way. Genius. From the mind of Steph Curry. It's a putt-putt show uh, where he and, and Mr. Riggle just, uh, they call putt-putting. It's a good show. It's a good family show. Number one in, uh, I think, number one summertime show whenever they were on or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got renewed for another season. Anyways, that's four days ago. Come what are we on, even doing? Dude. Now we're talking to a guy that doesn't host Holy Moly. He doesn't have time for putt-putt. A man who is always on his phones, Mr. Insider from the NFL Network, Tom Pelsaro. Yeah! Oh, hey. oh, with the hoodie on. Okay, here yeah, we go. Sure. This is the this is the casual look. How come AJ's got so many books behind him? I feel like he's bragging. Oh, oh wow. Tom, That's Tom, we all know that not a single one of those books have a title. Isn't that interesting behind him, Tom? It's a lot of just, yeah, pages. You want the spines on the outside so you can tell what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to add uh, names to the back of that thing because I think it's taped on yeah. pretty pretty heavily. So the editing that thing could be difficult. <laughs> Tom, are you calling us from your? This seems to be a, you, normally you're down in your basement where there's bad lighting. This seems like you're. Is this an office? Are you moving up in the NFL Network world? Yeah, this is it. This is the same office. I've got the uh, I don't know what you call this. The light ring thing. Oh, oh the oh, influencer! The you're influence. an influencer, Bobby. Back in March, you know, when they were like, yeah, for like a week, we're not going to be able to be in studio. So just we're going to send you a light thing. It's like eight months later. And yeah, still here. 
No, you're doing great. Uh, we appreciate it. A lot of news coming out of the NFL right now about COVID and contact tracing and false positives, confirmed positives. There's a little bit of drama around the 49ers. But the conversation I want to have with you is, at what point did the NFL say, uh, no more are we just going to shut down everything if we have a couple positives. We're going to keep people out of the building, self-quarantine, then we're going to move along because we believe in our protocols. Because at the beginning, it felt like if there was one positive, everything had to stop. Now it's like, yeah, you get your ass home. Everybody you hung out with, you stay home. We're still going to do what we have to do that has to be a good sign for the nfl if it continues to go this way well there was definitely a shift in terms of how they were approaching this after week five which was when there was that like eight teams had their buys moved around it was at the tail end of the titans outbreak it was when the patriots had a a sequence of positive tests what they did october 12th which was the monday uh you know during week five was they sent a memo to clubs adding this high risk close contact exposure protocol in essence, that said that if you have a person who tests positive, player or otherwise, and we find that there is high-risk close contact exposure, those people also must self-isolate for five days. That basically eliminated situations like what we had uh, at the start of New England, where Cam Newton had a positive test on a Friday. He found out the result on Saturday morning. He had had dinner with Stephon Gilmore. They let Gilmore fly to the game on Monday, and he subsequently tested positive so you know what you learned out of that was you probably needed to enhance certain protocols here so that the people who are most likely to be infected uh, would not be able to spread that whether it's there's really no evidence so far that of spreading it to the other team within a game but you're standing on the sideline you're on airplanes you're in hotels whatever it might be we're going to take those people and we're going to isolate them as of yesterday there had been 21 teams since october 12th that had put at least one player on the reserve COVID-19 list. 69 players total. A lot of those are positive tests, but they had not postponed or canceled a single game in that span. What that tells you is this is how they intend to execute these protocols. You saw it in Green Bay where running back A.J. Dillon had his positive test Sunday morning pregame, got his results Monday. They did the contact tracing. It was another running back, Jamal Williams. It was linebacker Kamal Martin. All three of those guys out tonight. Same thing in San Francisco. Kendrick Bourne test positive. They do the contact tracing. Now Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, who was already out with a hamstring. But those three also, high risk, close contacts. They've all got to self-isolate for five days. Now, this obviously creates different challenges depending on the timeline because that five days is counted from when the contact occurred. So if I have high risk, close contact with someone today on a Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'm not available. If I test negative, I remain asymptomatic. I can rejoin the team next Wednesday. For a guy like Matthew Stafford, who had a close contact, high-risk exposure on Monday to somebody not affiliated with the Lions, you do the math, five days takes you to Saturday. He can rejoin the team on Sunday, which means no practice. He can't even travel with the team because he's still in that isolation period on Saturday. They'll have to put him on a private plane, fly him in, get him there on Sunday, Go in cold. Obviously, you can be in the Zoom meetings and stuff, but go out there and play without any practice. It's different, but it's it's kind of what they accounted for when they expanded practice squads. They manipulated the rules in terms of when you could make roster moves on a Sunday before kickoff. They were kind of planning for this, and at a time that you're seeing the uh, positivity rates, the hospitalization rates, the death uh, n- numbers go up around the country and hotspots like Green Bay, Wisconsin – yeah, eventually you're going to have a positive test if you're the Packers. The goal of the protocols is not to 
prevent the virus from entering the building because everybody's going home. You're going to get it in the community. It's to prevent it from spreading to anybody mm. else. That's a good line right there. Yeah. Hey, Tom, how, how close were they to canceling the game tonight between the Packers and Niners? And I guess we're never 100% out of the woods. Like anything could happen. But w- was this in, in real jeopardy of being postponed? There was no consideration, AJ, in part because the contact tracing was narrow enough that they were able to say that it's it's two, three players on each team. Uh, those guys are going to be um, you know put into the protocol, and they're also not going to be able to play. Uh, you know, really, the only situation where you had a single positive that led to a game being moved was when it was that Patriots Chiefs game that got moved from a Sunday to a Monday because of Cam Newton having a positive test. And there was also, if you remember, a practice squad quarterback named Jordan Tamu who was on the. Uh, oh, Battlehawk! So, yeah. Do we know Jordan Tamu? Yeah, I know he should have been the MVP of the XFL. Everybody's talking about PJ. Jordan was a stud as well. Got screwed by the NCAA in college too. Sorry, go back to your thing. Sounds like he got <laughs> I screwed I by I COVID. His name too, Tamu. Tamu, I think it is. I think you Oose. put in the you pronounce the apostrophe. At any rate, so you Oose. had one case with each team, but they were quarterbacks. And one thing that happened when they did the contact tracing with Cam Newton was he had a lot of close contacts, which makes sense. Quarterbacks in the huddle. You know, he's spending a lot of face-to-face time with players, depending what he was doing outside the facility. All that stuff now is is taken into account. And really part of the message to teams uh, has been, and this was in a memo a few days ago, which is a lot of these high-risk close contacts are avoidable. In other words, when the Ravens have Marlon Humphrey test positive and then seven Ravens can't practice the entire week, it's they weren't wearing masks when they had close interaction. And the league knows that because – they review the Connexon contact tracing data. They review video from inside the facility as well as in practice. Uh, they also conduct interviews with everybody involved, and they, they kind of put together this picture of who the person has been around. That's where the emphasis continues to be. Just wear a mask and keep your distance. Then if you have a positive, we're not going to have to ding all these other guys and put them off the field. It's, it's an incentive just from a competitive perspective, setting aside the medical standpoint of it. If you don't want to have eight guys who all of a sudden have close contact with somebody who tested positive on a Friday and you lose all of them for a game, make sure that whether you're in the locker room or you're on the sideline where there's now new protocols for where you, what you can do on the sideline, everybody's supposed to be wearing masks there, supposed to be wearing them in the locker room. If you go shake hands with the other team after the game, you are required to wear a mask. All these things, you know, they might seem silly on the outside, but it's all ways that the NFL is just trying to mitigate some of that exposure again because, and we're seeing it right now, there's going to be more positive cases in the NFL because there's a lot more positive cases across the country. Tom, uh, you ever seen Ace Ventura Pet Detective? Of course. You know that scene where he goes into that rock concert and he kind of gets beat up through the back and then he goes yeah, down the yeah, stairs yeah, exactly. and then he knocks? New England clam chowder is that the red or the white? Red or the white. Yeah, and he goes in there. I never remember this one. And then he got the guy. He's like, Ace, how's it going? And he's typing on the whole thing. I feel like there's probably somebody at the NFL who's like, who has the positive? And then they give him the name. Marlon Humphrey's got the running. He's like, all right, let's go to our surveillance camera of the building. That son of a bitch was talking with no mask on to <laughs> Judon Peters. Look, here's lunch right here. Let's zoom in. Look, oh, they're sharing forks. Jeez get them out of there is that what they're doing like they have somebody watching surveillance cameras as soon as they hear a positive is out there like all right let's get some eyes on that son of a bitch like big brother let's see who he's been talking to who he played catch with at practice everything like is that how it goes because you said that they do all this research like well they weren't wearing masks and they do these interviews how many people do they have do they have nsa helping them whenever they're going into these surveillance cameras or do they just always have an eye and they have that mask force walking around every single building 
I mean, let's not paint it as like they got two-way mirrors in there, and every time a guy's combing sounds his hair, like, it sounds to, like yeah. it's on. Sounds like through. it sure does. Did they have all these resources though at their disposal? I mean, you, a lot was made of when they looked into the Titans in that situation, which made sense. There were over twenty cases there. There were examples where it seemed like it was spreading within the team. Uh, they found the mask stuff. They found uh, evidence of the players working out outside the facility, but a lot of them are, are kind of more simple than that. You know, every team has different cameras around the facility, including in the hallways. Namely, they can go to that. Uh, in the case of the Raiders, because Trent Brown wasn't consistently wearing his Kinexon tracking device, they went to the practice video and they went, okay, you guys were in the uh, intensive protocols. You're required to wear a mask at practice. We've got video of the five offensive linemen all talking to each other on the sideline. You're all out. Because we don't have any evidence to show you weren't doing that the entire rest of the time you were wow. in the facility. I mean, it's, it. it's definitely case by case. Takes and let's also takes make this clear. It's not as if this is, you know, Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent yep. and people like on the football side of things. Of course. At the NFL, you know, just some kind of voyeuristic thing that they're doing here. No, it's it's the medical experts. It's the, the <laughs> tracking people because there's a bunch of people who work with every different team. They're putting all this different stuff together to make these decisions. Yeah. How about the locker room, though, Tom? They, I sure hope they don't have cameras in the locker room to check if these guys are wearing their mask. They can obviously have their Kinexon device, but mask when they're inside those lo- the, the locker room when that's like they're, it's a private area. I hope they're not they're not uh, surveilling them. They're going to keep those cameras up long after COVID's gone. Hold on, so I don't think the cameras are in the locker room, but the mask force. And tell me if I'm wrong here, Tom. There's a mask force in every facility. There's three people that walk around like hall monitors we used to have in school. They're not allowed to go in any rooms that have closed doors, right? If the door is open, they're allowed to go in, I think is the rules. Because this is something that's very interesting because like the practice facility in the locker room is a very important place. Like This is where like a lot of things happen. So when I heard about this mask force, I was like, that is a very interesting little addition to a building, right? Because now guys are going to be scared to talk. There's going to be a whole thing. And I think the, the word that I've heard from numerous guys is if the door's closed, they're not allowed to go in there. If it's open, they're allowed in there. So if the locker room's closed, I don't think they're allowed in there. But if the locker room, if the door's open, they're allowed to patrol anywhere they want to patrol. It, it, Tom, do you know anything more about the mask rule? They were initially called mask compliance officers. And then in a subsequent set of protocols a few days later, they changed it. It's something along the lines of compliance officers where basically, yeah, you assign, I think it's three people for each club. And their job is just to make sure that they are going around and making sure that nobody is violating the protocols. There's also been an emphasis this week. And I mean, you guys can imagine what this would be like on game day, but assistant coaches and other members of staff who are on the sideline are supposed to keep players from bunching. They're not supposed to stand if you're standing waiting to come into the game. Not only are you recommended that you have a mask on even when you're not substituting into the game. So you just played on defense, you come off the field, you're supposed to be wearing a mask on the sideline. But also, you can't just be standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody. It's, hey, guys, you know, like a middle school dance. Let's just let's back up here. Let's leave room for the Lord. It's it's kind of that type of a situation. I mean, all this stuff is different. I, I talk constantly to, to coaches, you know, players, GMs, everybody about it. Everybody's just like, this is so outrageous. This is so ridiculous. Yeah. But everybody also gets it. If you want to play the games, you have to find a way. I mean, we have made it. Think about this, guys. We Tom. have made it to the midway point of the season Past amidst a global pandemic yeah. and we have not had a game canceled. They've been, there have been postponements, there's been things moved around, but they are still on track somehow to play 256 games over 17 weeks here. And Tom, that's because it takes all of us. It takes all of us, Tom. It takes all of us, Tom. It takes all of us. Do you have anything else, AJ? 
thought you were. I thought you were sending Tom off on that for some reason. Yeah. No, no, no. I still got. I got things I'd like to hear from Tom. I, I got some stuff. Then you go. I thought you were trying to, to clap him off the show. Tom, no, no, no. That was oh. we were clapping. Oh, it takes all of us. Takes all the all NFL us. has been able to make it past the halfway point because we're eight point five seven weeks or, or weeks into the seventeen week season. So we've made it past the Wednesday hump day. You would know that, Tom, if you watched our exact middle of the season awards that we gave out yesterday. Congratulations, you were nominated for one. Yeah, uh, and that was that was a big deal. So I'm very thankful for that. The Indianapolis AJ. No, you. Yeah, you. AJ. AJ. You. AJ, AJ didn't even clap. AJ wins an award every day. The um, the coach in Indianapolis that got the positive. How do they know if it happened outside the building or inside the building? And is that just strictly because only one person got it? Like for instance, you said earlier, Matt Stafford had got it outside the building. Then that's why he's got to take five tests. Is that self admitted from Stafford, or is it just like they put two and two together since nobody else got it? But maybe somebody else has the antibodies that was hanging out with them that potentially carried it. Like how do they know that it happened outside the building? Did Stafford walk in? Go oh, last night. I was at a fucking COVID rally last night. <laughs> like how does that? How does that whole thing come Basically, about? Basically, yeah. I mean. It was- Stafford does not have COVID-19, by the way. Let's, let's make that Yeah, clear. yeah, you're right, but, but he was the around close, The close contact exposure was somebody who, whatever, he had an interaction with them outside the facility. You know, when, when Jonathan Abram wasn't allowed to play for the Raiders, it's because he went shoe shopping with Trent Brown on a Tuesday, and he was stuck in the five-day isolation, and he couldn't play the following Sunday. I, I mean, everything is documented so. now mm-hmm. on, on social media. Obviously, they're relying in part on people to you know admit things and to say, hey, I, I was out to dinner with this person. I hung out with this person. Now they tested positive or they had a cough. I think there might be an issue here. Yeah, that they're, they're relying on that. There also are I mean, things like genomic sequencing that they're doing. They're able to tell, for instance, if you have a whole bunch of different cases uh, within one team, they actually have labs that they can work with and determine, okay, this is all one strain of COVID-19 where we're all getting the same virus or we got two or three different types, which means you're all pulling this in from the community. These cases, even though they're around the same time, are not actually related. There's a lot that they can do scientifically uh, to figure some of this stuff out, but some of it is as simple as what were you doing? Like, what? who were you exposed to? Where were you? And when was it? Because the when is a huge deal. The four other Raiders offensive linemen were able to come back and play on Sunday because they had close contact on a Monday, Jonathan Abram goes shoe shopping with Trent Brown the next day, and he's out because it's day five, not day six. Yeah, those Jordans, though. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Uh, Tom, uh, bad to see you. The salary cap for next year still hasn't really been decided. Uh, do you have any insight to that? And also, what are teams like the Saints going to do? And Pat thinks you look great in the hoodie. I personally think you look like a slouch. Jeez. Oh, wow. Jeez. You didn't deserve Get that. Get back to welding, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That's a pretty job. I will. Hey, he's a, he, hey, this guy's one of the best Tigger fig welders that we've ever seen around here, Tom. You know nothing about that, Tom. With the, with regard to the salary cap, it's a good question because that impacted some things in terms of at the trade deadline. It was soft in terms of, of uh, being able to find buyers just because not only are teams reluctant right now, Uh, to spend more cash because a lot of them have budgets from their owners. Uh, Owners are taking a multi-billion dollar revenue shortfall in all likelihood for the course of the season with most teams having about 20% capacity for games. Some teams still not having any fans at games. That that makes a big impact on the bottom line. And then in turn, that also makes an impact on the salary cap. And that was one of the driving forces why there weren't more trades is, for instance, a Will Fuller. Okay, you, you trade for Will Fuller. For one thing, you have to make a decision if you're the Green Bay Packers who were in those discussions. You give up a second-round draft pick for eight, nine games of Will Fuller. Good vertical speed threat receiver, but he has had some injuries. Uh, But also, 
you would owe him the rest of his base salary, which is $5.4 million. That $5.4 million, again, you'd have to pay him. But on top of that, that would be cap space that if you don't use it, you can roll over to 2021. They've set a floor, uh, the NFL and the NFLPA, back when they were negotiating this pre-pandemic, or excuse me, through the course of let me let me slow down here. Oh, we got to hang up on somebody. No, no, no. Oh, 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 is, is that news? Is that news? It's right? Actually, it actually is news. But we're getting we're getting close to done. It's in Answer four it. hours. So you'll get it right after this. Uh, Follow so at Tom Pelissero. He'll break news somewhere else. Cap, they didn't know the pandemic was going to impact it to this What's degree. The then they get into July, August. They had to come up with an agreement where Tom. they said, okay, the salary cap will not fall below one hundred seventy-five million for twenty twenty-one. This year it's at 198.2. That's a big drop if it goes all the way down. I mean, you're talking about normally we have $10 million per year growth in the cap. So teams are definitely trying to budget. And for teams like the Saints, and they're not alone, who have you know huge types of uh, you know surplus in terms of committed cap space for 2021, they're going to have some, some hard decisions. The Saints have never been shy about restructuring deals and kicking money down the road. But they've also never, at least since they went to a revenue-sharing model from between the NFL and NFLPA back in 2011, there's never been a massive cap drop. This is going to be something new, and every team's trying to figure out a lot of different contingency plans if it does, in fact, plummet all the way to $175 million per club. That's about $27, $27 million swing right there. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, there's a lot going on, maybe $33 million, depending on the math and what word I heard come out of your mouth or number come out of your mouth. Tom, we can't thank you enough. What's the news, though? What was also, the news that just on. showed up on your phone while you were talking? talking to us what what could wait it... two minutes and you'll see me tweet that another player has tested positive for COVID 19. oh so that's basically in your life that is currently your life right now is just like hey this is it is yeah more of my life than i would like it to be pat is but here we are is a player good is a player team? playing tonight, tonight is it a game? star player is not a player playing in this game we would, we'd already know that this is a, a different player on another team that does not currently have active COVID cases, so we're about to have another team enter oh. the intensive protocols and all like that. Oh, that's a tease right there! Wow! Got it. Can you tell us can who I your source is? Who can was calling the, you? Can I get the scoop? Who's, yeah, who's calling you? Is it a who doctor? It, it's it's somebody who's going to explain a certain piece of this to me. Again, check oh. Oh. What's, your, what's your Twitter, just so we can break the news here in like a minute? You guys are going to hold me as long as you can, aren't you? <laughs> oh, there's another one! All He's right. getting another one! He's calling Again, I gotta go. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Pelissero. Yeah, hey, Can't thank you enough for choosing to rock with us on a daily basis. Hope you enjoyed this incredible Thursday, November 5th. Once again, hashtag I don't know why I listen. Hashtag Arby's is great. Mm-hmm. Hashtag you guys are the best too, dude. That's just from me to you. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with a feel good Friday. Big guest tomorrow. Yeah, big time. Big time. Big, big guest tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend. Big feel-good Friday tomorrow here at Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and have these glorious, incredible human beings enjoy the hell out of their night. Cheers. Cheers.